0: Hi, you're listening to Talk CXO Life. And in this edition, we are featuring the story of a CXO who refused to rely on magic pills to bail him out of a health crisis, but instead claimed his freedom by putting his legs and his will to good use. By running, of course. He not only disproved his physician's outlook, but transformed into an avid marathoner and is now a runner for life. So get set to meet Anindo Ganguly, Director and Delivery Leader, DXC Technology, UK. Now, Anindo has worked with some of the biggest IT giants in leadership roles with Infosys, UK, Saskim, Vipro Technologies, among others. Now, given his tenor credentials and his simple, no-nonsense, spectacular look, one might presume he's a stereotypically serious IT nerd. Hmm. But appearances are known to be deceptive, isn't it? My conversation with Anandur unravels not only his grit and focus as we track his journey from living an unhealthy lifestyle to transforming into a besotted runner, or the way he tackled challenges leading teams, large teams at that, across continents during the lockdown, but it also reveals his sunny, humorous, and playful side. Anandur's passion for running is evident as we discuss almost every factor related to running. And though, yes, it is the longest we've dwelled on running, yet it is one of the breeziest conversations. It's also quite special as we're so near the season finale of the Talks X-Live series. So go on, grab those pair of shoes. Quite sure you'll be motivated to go for that run once you listen to this.
1: Of course, with this current situation, what has been a big change for all of us is we are all working from homes. So I used to spend, I used to work uh, in London four days a week, uh, which meant I had to travel a lot. Uh, it took me an hour and a half to get to London and an hour and a half to get back. Uh, so three hours spent on traveling that's gone now, right? So uh, basically, what it has, of course, translated into is. Uh, More time for work. Uh, But that's not unique to me. And I see Mm. that as a common thing for everybody. Almost everybody is putting in more hours. I think the problem that is also happening is we see that a lot of businesses are being impacted because of this COVID 19 situation. Mm. Many projects are coming to a standstill. Result is that, uh, you know, even uh, in the sector that I am in, which is IT. We are also having a lot of problems because business, you know, businesses, uh, our customers are winding down business. They're stopping projects. Uh, mm. It on us, and as a result, I I have a lot of colleagues of mine who uh, who are losing jobs. Right. Mm, so true. so it, it's 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 a trying time for all of us. Uh, mm. Having said that. The kind of challenges that I see mostly right now is, uh, you know, I have global teams. I manage global teams. Actually. True, that's what yeah. and, uh, uh, true. I have teams in UK, US, Germany, Japan, Hong Kong, you know, all over the globe. Uh, I have a big team in India. I think the biggest change that I saw was in my team in India, I a few thousand people there. And mm. when they started working from home, it was a big change for them because yeah, one yeah. of the things that we saw was internet connectivity was a massive problem. True, right. true. Um, mm. uh, the second thing was, if I looked at it, you know, people did not have, we, they were not used to working from homes, right? They mm-hmm. have families, children, you know, probably on a day, on one day you might right. opt out of your dining table, right? And set up your laptop there and work. Exactly. from there. Everybody needs a separate room to operate in. Right. Everybody needs a laptop to work from, you know, uh, uh, so internet connectivity has become, was True. a big challenge, which I saw other challenges, which we saw was, um, The fact that we are not, I felt, we're not getting connected to other folks. So that was a different challenge that I saw. The third was, I I also see that a big problem is, uh, you know, people are only talking on phones. You know, uh, I Mm -hmm. love to connect with people face-to-face. When I say face-to-face, I should be able to look into the eye and speak to you, right? Mm -hmm. And and, and, uh, that has a different meaning to it because, you know, talking on the phone, I talk something and somebody says something. It it is... uh, the level of commitment is different on on the mm. phone versus when you are talking physically in front of a person. If you say to a person that I'm going to do this, it has a significance, it has a meaning, which is beyond what you do over a telephone, I feel. Right. And mm. I think that that goes down as well. You know, people are people, right? So they will uh, they will have problems in life, right? And if they are not mm. able to talk through them, you know, talk to their work colleagues or whether it's related to work or not work, I mean, they need to talk, and you need to give them avenues where they can, you know, speak to others and kind of unwind. And training inductions, right? How do you get right. the, get that person a laptop? He lives in some mm. part of India, say, you know, how sure. do you go get, mm. get the laptop to him? How does he have access to? Because you have this VPN and all of this stuff, right? Any right. new person joining needs to sign up so many documents for HR, right? Mm. Uh, they, he needs to know how should he claim his, uh, you know, uh, insurance, healthcare, all mm. all of that needs to be signed off. You know, uh, he needs to get his access to his mobile phone, etc. So mm. it's a massive challenge, and especially more so when you are talking about graduates that you hire. You know, experienced people come in; they know what to do. Of course, do. Yeah.
2: yeah.
1: But when you talk have been about through that <laughs> multiple times, mm. right? You're changing mm. jobs, and you know what sure. you need. Uh, to operate, right? And you talk to your manager and you find out, you know, how can I get my mobile done or whatever, right? Uh, and he, he or she will let you know. But when you're talking about college graduates who come in, who, who have absolutely no experience, uh, right, uh, mm-hmm. of, of in many cases, uh, when they come just from university, join you, they have high expectations. Just out of
0: college, right?
1: <laughs> they have high expectations, right? Uh, True. And, and, and from day one, they have to work from home. I, 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 I'm, I'm mm-hmm. still trying to Uh, You know, get my teams organized on seeing how are we measuring their performance or how are we measuring their training. We are putting together mentorship. You know, we need everybody to have a separate mentor who they can talk to. You know, we have to find a way to measure their performance so that they know they're being measured on a day to day Mm. basis. Right. Um, we need to have proper, clear trainings for them so that they know their skills are getting developed. They are learning new things. So there are so many things which need to change. And I think all most organizations are struggling with this. Or rather, I should say they are transforming themselves to kind of work in this new world, right? And sure. uh, and and those are the challenges that we see the whole concept was lies on the fact that there are certain amount of people you have, at, uh, you know, this high cost countries, US, US UK, like, German, whatever. The and, yeah. and then you have people who work out of places mm. like India, the Philippines, Vietnam, right. uh, you know, East, East Europe, uh, you know, people who probably are, uh, uh, you know, their salaries are lesser. Now, the reason why I'm working in the UK or somebody else is working in the UK is essentially because we have the relationship with the customer. Mm. Now, If I'm not going and meeting the customer at his workplace, am I actually required to work out of this location? Mm. So what I'm trying to get to is, so yes, there has been this thing about offshoring and uh, Mm. what is the right mix of, uh, you know, how many people you need to have, what percentage of people should be in. Uh, closer to the customer, what percentage of people should be from working from a delivery center in Philippines or India or wherever. I think those those numbers are also going to change because customer is not going to go to his office. You are not going to go to the customer's office. If you're going to be communicating, speaking to the customer, mostly on, on 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 a video chat like this, you know, maybe once a year or twice a year, you might fly down to the customer's office and meet meet up with him, you know. But apart from that, most calls are going to happen like this. And if that's going to happen, then you know again the I think this world is going to change again more a lot mm-hmm. of world is going to go to places like India and uh, and I and I think that's uh, definitely going to happen. The other thing which I see as change which is happening is uh, the focus on business continuity. Business continuity was always a you know a fad. Mm-hmm. You know people like to say that they have a BCP plan, mm-hmm. you know a continuity plan, but uh, reality is very different in most cases, right? I mm-hmm. think of that has suddenly come um, right. become so much more important it has become so much more important because today businesses have stopped you know right. you see that all around you right? Uh, right if you look at the retail market right uh, you know your no- normal uh, uh, your normal high street shops Mm. I think they, no, not many of them are going to survive this, you know. And then we we'll so have,
0: many industries, yeah. So uh,
1: the world is going through a transformation, massive transformation, and I think it is all going to change. Uh, you can't call it an industrial revolution, but it is definitely uh, mm-hmm. a revolution which is happening right now. And uh, over the next ten years, uh, we'll see, mm. you know, everything change. A bigger problem is that this is the vacation time. If, if I look at the UK or Germany or all of this, kind of, right? right? This is vacation time, even in India. So, what happens? You can't go outside the, your house. So, True. what if, even if you take everyone a break, knows
0: you are available,
1: knows you are available. Even if you want to take a break, uh, right, of right. two weeks, what will you do? You'll stay at home, right? Mm-hmm. You'll not do anything beyond that. So, that's why what people are doing are they not taking their breaks that doesn't help actually. I think, uh, more, more, not just because it doesn't help that individual, but it also doesn't help the organization because ultimately if you're not taking your breaks, what happens is you get tired. You, mm. you will, like you said, get burnt out. Right. Mm. So it's very important. I think that people take breaks and, uh, And that's why I'm also trying to take these breaks, you know, one or two days a month. Mm. Uh, I'm trying to take, you know, a day or two off uh, because I know I will not be able to take my vacations this year. Mm. And last year I was not able to. So I thought I might as well take a few days off because it helps me unwind. And yes, I will have a lot of catching up to do in terms of emails, etc. But, you know, at least what it does is it stops you joining all those uh, meetings and conference calls, etc. And you have more time with you. The other thing which is important and which which is fairly important for me and I, I encourage everybody to do that is have a good hobby because ultimately you need that me time because if you don't have that me time then you'll never be able to do great work either. In the UK I was running on my own. Uh, and then when I went back to India, it became more of a social running. You know, what, what I mean by social running, we used to run. So when you run in a social group, it's, it's completely different, right? The social <laughs> thing takes over completely.
2: Right.
1: right. And, you know, it's all about, okay, uh, you know, you, you need to, somebody needs to, so I used to do all of this, right? Taking all the people in my car to, uh, you know, a said location. Because especially when oh, weekends, right. we used to go for, you know, long runs outside the, the town. yeah. Right.
0: Uphill runs and yeah, all, all the other things, Yeah,
1: the and the long yeah. distance runs, we used to do mm. that.
2: Right?
1: And then on the weekdays also, I used to collect people. So you have a responsibility that, you know, at this time in the morning, you have to go and pick up this person. That person will be standing under the tree. So All of that. So, you you mm. know, you can't be right in the morning, you wake up and you say, oh, you know what, I'm not going running mm. today. That's not <laughs> going to happen. So whether right. you have had a few drinks... You still have to wake <laughs> up and go. So right. It was completely different. Then I came back to the UK. Mm-hmm. and Now it's completely different because I I can't make it a social thing because uh, what happens is right. social means you have to know what is the time when you're going to go running. And mm-hmm. you have to have to set times, right? Weekends I'm going to run at between, say, 6 o'clock in the morning to 9 o'clock in the morning or whatever. Mm-hmm. Right. right, and uh, I am right now in that situation where it's very difficult for me to uh, define what is the right time, whether it's going to be morning, evening, you know, what time of the day am I going to run? So, so now I do my own running. Every every month I run at least half, one half.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So I generally run between uh, uh, every Saturday I do between sixteen to twenty four, twenty eight kilometers. I like to record my times and everything, right? I'm very particular about all that, so I, I need to upload my times all the time, right? So, so, uh, so in in spite of the fact that there is no marathons and half marathons, not where you are running with everybody else, mm. but uh, it, it's and, yeah. some mental <laughs> satisfaction that I completed at least a half today. Right, right. I think mm. in
2: 2008.
1: Right. Uh, I was quite bloated. You know, I I used to work a lot. Uh,
0: yeah, long- IT and all of that. I can oh, understand. Overnight,
1: oh, mm, overnight. You was know, forty-eight hours, mm-hmm. hours like that, and and uh, basically very unhealthy. Uh, you know, lot of red meat uh, and stuff and all. So mm-hmm. for a vacation, I went to Calcutta, and mm-hmm. my wife decided that the two of us need to go and do a full body checkup. So I had to go through that. So I went to this hospital and I went to meet mm-hmm. the doctor got all the checks done and he said oh your cholesterol is high your uric acid is high, <laughs> your is high. So all all sorts of things right and, right. and he said uh, so i'm giving you these pills so i said what are these he said these are miracle pills they will do wonders for you i said what will they do he said uh, you know they will keep your cholesterol in check and all of that it's said, fantastic i said uh, so how long do i have to take them so he said no no you have to take them all your life
0: <laughs>
2: lifelong <laughs>
1: no, I'm not going to take anything on my life. So then the two of us had a lot of philosophical argument. When I say philosophical, as in, you know, he was trying to convince me that you, you, you IT guys, you don't, you don't understand how your body works. I know I'm a doctor. I understand it and all of that. So we Mm. had a lot of conversation and I said, I'm going to change my entire lifestyle and I will bring this under control. So Mm. he finally, he said, okay, I'll give you three months. You try and do all of that. If after three months you go and visit a doctor in the UK and if he agrees, then great. So I came back and all convinced that I'm going to change my lifestyle. So immediately we started, you know, all red meat was brought in control. I had to have a lot of seeds and blueberries. Mm. And, all that. and uh, then I said I've got to go running. I have a friend called Vishal. So Vishal is a great good marathon runner. So he's been running marathons for years. So he said, I'll register you to the first 10K that we see. And, you know, Mm. I said, okay, give me a month to practice. And, you know, then by that time, I'll be ready for the 10K. So obviously I did not practice. And then the fateful day came and uh, Uh. he said, "Uh, I'll come and pick you up tomorrow. So my wife said, you know, ambulance, heart attack. (laughs) 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 One was Mumbai marathon I ran in 2012. That was my first Mumbai Marathon, mm. and uh, you know the whole experience—flying to from Bangalore to Mumbai, mm. book some hotels, some shady hotel mm. in Mumbai <laughs> uh, close mm. to uh, India Gate, Gateway of India, sorry, not India Gate. Mm. Yeah, and uh, then uh, when the race starts, it's really dark, right? And all the yeah, celebrities yeah, it is. start running fast mm. and then you go. Mm. And, and then when we, when the sun was rising, we, I was on top of this uh, uh, the ceiling.
0: Oh wow! Okay, yeah.
1: Hmm. And see the sun rise behind the skyscrapers. Hmm. In okay, for, in, for the Mumbai Marathon, and everybody stopped, and everybody was taking pictures, and hmm. and then you cross that, and then you come, and then people start waking up, right?
2: Hmm. And
1: then you have all these kids, you know, with pl- plates with biscuits and sweets and energy yeah, right. gels and stuff like that. Hmm. It, the enthusiasm you see in the crowd—it's really great. True. I, I, I mean, it's a big difference from. Uh, Bangalore where the running culture was not there at that time. At least mm-hmm. running culture was not there. The Running culture was there but you know you did not have a proper race at that time in, in Bangalore. That was really wonderful to see. That I liked. Uh, so Mumbai I really love. I, I did two Mumbai marathons. How many years into it were
0: you in 2012 into running?
1: That was four years already. Four so years. I started running in 2008 and uh, I think this, Mumbai was my second marathon which I ran. So Full one full. I did my first full marathon in 2011. So, three years. Mm. 2008 I started, 2011 I ran my full. That was...
0: Now that's in, some form. Uh, <laughs> in three, three years to touch 42.
1: Yeah, it's called Kaviri Trail Marathon. It's uh, in a place.
2: Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In, uh, True, yeah.
1: So, uh, anyway. Uh, then there was one more which I ran in Geneva. Uh, it's called the UNICEF uh, uh, Geneva Marathon. And mm-hmm. it actually runs through uh, your uh, mustard fields. Okay, so you oh, basically okay. start outside Geneva mm-hmm. and you run into Geneva, right? And you run through Mustard. Mm-hmm. beautiful. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So without touching, you know, the countryside and all of that, it's mm-hmm. fun. And then yeah, I yeah. also like uh, uh, this. Uh, last couple of years, I've been running this uh, run called uh, uh, the London Big Half. It's not a full mm-hmm. marathon. It's a half marathon. Mm-hmm. And it runs in the center of uh, London and uh, mm-hmm. in Greenwich. So... Very nice run. So right. I enjoy it quite a lot. Generally in a in a run which, a race, I don't hmm. feel like, winning. oh, yes, I hmm. have I had one experience. Generally, but generally I don't like it because my uh, energy and my, this thing is passion and all of that kind of kicks in, the adrenaline kicks in, right? So generally in a race, I don't have that problem. But sometimes hmm. when I'm just doing this practice runs on my own, right? And I'm running, and somewhere, some 15 after running some 15, 16 kilometers, I suddenly think, why am I doing this? You know, hmm. why, <laughs> why don't I just come, <laughs> and rest? So this <laughs> come once in a while, but not too mm-hmm. often. Uh, but uh, I had this problem once. Uh, I was uh, one of these runs. Uh, I did cavalry Tail Marathon for a few years, and one, and basically you run past a, beside a canal. I think about ten and a half kilometers one way. Come back and so basically two loops. And after a while, what happens? You and I know you have started running recently, uh, some yeah. some time back. Uh, yeah. You would have realized that after running for a while, your uh, you know concentration is not that great, right? Especially hmm. after a long distance. And I think at some point of time, what happened? I slipped, and oh. the yeah. canal, uh, you know, I was oh mm-hmm. and I slipped, and I fell,
2: okay.
1: and I fell, and I hurt myself, and I cut hmm. and all over. And then I almost felt like giving up. You know, and uh, and then you know I got up somehow, and then I started walking. I thought I'll just walk back. Then Mm -hmm. I said, let me try and run. Then I started running. I still had some blood and all of that, but then there was some place somebody was there and they put some water on it and some ointment, and and then I started running. But that was yeah, that was one very very I think unique incident which happened in a race where I felt like giving up because I just after that it. Did not feel great, uh, you know, the run, but I still managed to complete that. But uh, so I, I ran an ultra. There's something called Bangalore Ultra, which happens you have this 25 mm-hmm. kilometer 50, 7500, and 24 hour run, which happens there. So I used to run in that. Right. And wow. uh, in, uh, no, I did not do anything more than 50, just <laughs> just to clarify. So <laughs> <of 50>? <laughs> <laughs> okay, <laughs> in my group, were doing 100,
2: right?
1: 24 100, But basically all of that means a lot of preparation, right? uh, Mm -hmm. I don't have that much time. I'm very interested in doing something like that. But, uh, you know, preparing for a 24-hour run means you have to practice, you know, 10-hour, 14-hour, 16-hour runs uh, Mm -hmm. to be prepared to run 24 hours on the race day. But anyway, Mm -hmm. coming back to this. uh, So I remember on one of the ultras, I had this massive back pain. So, Mm -hmm. and I this is one thing which happens with runners, right? If you mm-hmm. are only focused on running and you don't do your normal exercises, right? What will happen is your core will not be strong enough, right? Mm-hmm. And, and there is somebody had told me this, right? You have these three things strength, stamina, flexibility. Mm-hmm. You have to focus on all three. If you focus on only one, then mm-hmm. the other will compromise. Mm-hmm. And that, I think, happens to many of us runners, mm-hmm. right? Because we start thinking more about stamina all the time, mm-hmm. you know, distances without actually working on the core, on the core muscles, right? right. And uh, and I had this severe back spasm kind of thing, and mm-hmm. I was, uh, you know, I as soon as I completed the race, I just fell flat and I was in severe pain, and a lot of people helped me out then. And similarly, I think one year I had uh, a problem with my ankle and I could not mm-hmm. go for uh, Mumbai. But I had the flight tickets, I had the hotels, all, all of that done.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So I decided I will become a volunteer. So I. Oh, wow. okay. so basically mm-hmm. all the water bottles and right. flags and all of that. And the pain-killing gels and the, uh, the police, pain, <laughs> right? And then obviously the whole thing was for my group, right? There was mm-hmm. a big group of people who were running from runner side in back, from back who had come. But, yeah. I mean, obviously it was for everybody. Anybody who had a problem would come and I would be rubbing their legs and, you know, uh, mm. putting this uh, oil pants or whatever. So yeah, I did that as well. So I, I think you're right, uh, especially when it comes to runners, because we go through all of the stages, right? We ourselves have faced that pain and those problems. Mm. We know what needs to be done, and, you know, everybody kind of helps out. You know, right. I think runners as a community you know, is are very friendly people who help others a lot. When I first mm. came to the UK, right, uh, in 2000, at that time, I didn't know so many runners. Right. But now it's like so many runners, so many races, every, so weekend, many
2: in fact, yeah, exactly. yeah,
1: every weekend in this country, we have a marathon, full marathon, half marathon, 10 kilometers. Some part of the some at least three or four places it's happening, right? So mm-hmm. any weekend you want to run in a race, you can find a race where you want to go. you can sure. run. So mm-hmm. so many races happening, but now this strange thing which has happened, I don't know how it will impact, but I'm I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure it will have a big impact. I have seen so many runs getting cancelled. I mm-hmm. was in some run and they are doing a virtual run. I think this weekend some some strange thing. This concept of virtual run. I mean. I do watch it hmm. all the time. Is <laughs> <running at> <laughs> <laughs> on my own? So I <laughs> but they're oh, going yeah. to if I uh, send my timing, so uh, it, doesn't,
2: it
1: doesn't matter. But okay. uh, so, but yeah. I don't know how this running scene, especially this marathons and half marathons, which were social right? Mm-hmm. Like, yes, how exactly. Evolve, how those things will evolve? I I'm not free on that. Mm-hmm.
0: But no, we're trying I to get a perspective sport. on that. Let's
1: see. Yeah, but more and more <laughs> people are uh, taking up this sport, I think. And especially given this COVID situation, I, at least in the UK, that's what I've seen. Many people who could not go to the gym, who mm. could not go to swimming pools. Yeah, that's
2: true. They right. have
1: started running. So I, li- I look in the town called Reading, which is uh, mm. not very far from London. Mm. And uh, basically, you have the Thames, which flows uh, past Reading. And I love running um, next to the Thames. It's, it's mm. really beautiful. Um, you have swans and yeah, all
2: of i can i can imagine world.
1: yeah <laughs> and 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 it's it's a trail and it's a beautiful place to run mm. wonderful place to run. i love running there uh, so that's my favorite place here uh, so i i have my asics i started with asics and then i start mm-hmm. like uh, other brands and now i'm back to asics mm-hmm. and i'm i'm not a big fan of uh, barefoot running or minimal I was
0: going
1: to ask you yeah. <laughs> the A few things that I look at, especially when when it comes to a uh, if I'm preparing for a race, right or a run, uh, as in a, not not my week normal weekend runs, but for a race, I stop taking alcohol for the week. I don't have any alcohol, and uh, uh, the last few days before the run, I have a lot of carbs. I start carb loading, uh, pastas and rice. And um, noodles, stuff like that. And um, the other thing that I generally do after, uh, you know, any normal runs... uh, While I was in India, I used to do another thing, you know, because uh, in India, you sweat a lot. So we used Mm. to get this uh, salt uh, capsules. Mm -hmm. So it has got uh, sodium chloride and potassium chloride. Right, right, right. Mm -hmm. So you, you get those capsules. So for runs, we used to have that. Especially if you're running full marathons, you know, in the sun. You sweat a lot, you... Lose a lot of body salts, right? right. So um, I used to carry that when when running in the race. Mm-hmm. And uh, what else? Uh, yeah, I, I made sure that every time I have this weekend run, I after I come back, I have my protein and carb uh, in in the, in my breakfast. So for example, this Saturday runs which are in the mornings, generally I have that to ensure that you know I have proper protein and carb. So these are the kind of things that I do, but generally. Uh, one thing is very important is after any run, you know, especially slightly longer distances, ensure that it's just not water that you're drinking. You you have a mm. bit of salt, a bit of sugar in it, right? Because right. you lose a lot of salt. And if you have just water, then sometimes I, I used to get headaches mm. because basically the, uh, the more water you have, the more, uh, you know, the salt level goes down in your body. So ensure that you have that salt right in some so that's why those energy drinks are good mm. so i don't have energy drinks but uh, before like i told you i used to have those salt capsules while running right. one thing which has which it has taught me is that i don't give up very quickly um, mm. but i guess that was there in in me in in any case but uh, you know, running has told me that you know I, I have gone so, through so many, like you say, tough runs, right? And you go through so, such situations that, and you, if you don't give up, then you you know you have that strength within you to, mm.
2: to do it, uh,
1: you know it may take a little longer to get things done. You may not be able to do it uh, as quickly as possible, but uh, you'll still you'll manage to and get it done. The other thing is uh, running has also taught me a bit of discipline. I to work a lot, eat whatever I wanted, right, right. Mm. not be bothered about, uh, you know, that much. But, one, one thing I found out is when I run more, I uh, control my food more mm. and when I let it go. I, <laughs> you mm. know, I, I don't run. Let but yourself
2: I, lose. <laughs> I,
1: I have a lot of treats and a lot of rich food and all of that. Mm. But, uh, the more I control my food, uh, uh, you know, more passionate I get about running, the better I am at controlling my dad. So, lots of people in my team uh, have been able to convert, uh, you know, at least for some time. So, mm. they ran <laughs> I got them, uh, you know, inducted into this uh, running clubs and all of that. And even recently, somebody who, who's part of my team, he, mm. uh, he's, he's 50, 50 plus, okay. he's, wow. he's just started running because he's, mm-hmm. he felt inspired by me and he started. So, And the other day he was telling me he's done his first 5K in his life. So he was very chuffed about it and uh, happy about it. He said, great. And now he's focusing on doing a 10K. So mm-hmm. I think, yeah, it's good. And I've encouraged a lot of people to get into running. I've yeah, read a lot of running books and yeah, Born to Run was one of the first books uh, that was recommended. Mm-hmm. Yeah, some of the things that uh, are taught about in the book are things that I right. talk all about, right? Because some people come and tell me that, you know, oh, running is bad for your knees, right? Mm-hmm. And it, It's unhealthy. It's You should do brisk walk. You should not do running. Mm-hmm. And then I uh, give that, uh, there's a particular chapter or chapters about... Uh, yeah, there
0: is, right.
1: About uh, how the human body was designed right. for long-distance running. Mm-hmm. And I explain to them the whole concept and I talk about this. I think there was... This there's the story, right? He goes... Uh, the entire hunting, story. He goes hunting uh, with uh, this... Those. Yeah. Right.
2: Exactly,
1: uh, right? So I, I give them those stories, and I tell them those stories, and I explain to them how the human body is actually designed for distance running. Mm-hmm. I, I, I go through these phases where I read a lot of books, and then I stop reading, and then I read a lot of books, and... I'm right now in that phase that I kind of, uh, last one year, I've not been reading too many books. But okay. again, I'm trying to get back to that culture. But I, 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 I read a lot of books. Like I told mm. you, I've I read a lot of books. And uh, everybody in my family, uh, uh, you know, my father was an avid reader, my mother, my sister, you know, and mm. now my wife, uh, mm. my daughter, everybody kind of. I have a much bigger collection in India. I did not get all the I'm books. Sure. My dad was a pilot mm and uh, he was very fond of it. So, and he used to keep uh, dif- you know stage timings. Uh, basically, he would fly in the morning. Suddenly, I will come to know when I wake up, dad had come in the night, and he's flown away. At home. So, uh, he had different hours, right? Uh, very different. Mm-hmm. But uh, so his sleeping pattern was different. So when he would come home, he would you know go off to sleep and. And love to read books, so uh, there would be times when I would wake up at two o'clock in the morning and I will go to the dining table <laughs> and I'm sitting back straight and you know reading a book. I think uh, the fact that I used to live in a military camp, right, uh, mm. had, had a bearing on how I am. Uh, things like every two three years we used to move, so mm. and I've been doing that even after yes. I'm in a you know right. IT job, right? Uh, I'm not moving jobs but uh, mm. if i tell you <laughs> i started in delhi then i moved to uh, edinburgh mm. in scotland mm. then went down to kent in the uk then went to netherlands came back to uk reading then from reading i went to brighton in the, in the uk from brighton i went to bangalore mm.
2: uh,
1: from bangalore I'm, uh, i went to kent again to a different place uh, Beach wells and then from there i right. back in reading so this is you know Every few years I travel. So uh, that I have continued to do, okay, uh, as I used to do as a kid. So my daughter has also kind of got, she's gone yeah, to 11th school, sure. right, uh, as a result. So uh, that that is something which has affected me. The other thing with what I told you was, uh, because I, I was brought up in a military camp, so everybody was kind of, you know, a military officer, quite aggressive right. uh, mm. in behavior. Not aggressive in the sense that uh, they're polite or something. but Driven, perhaps. Driven guys, right? Mm -hmm. So even young bachelor's, right? When my dad was a senior officer, and we used to get all this whole load of young pilot officers, flying officers who would come into the camp for training, right? They would fly fighter plates. And all of them were, you know, really charged guys. If you give them a bike, they're, you know, riding at really high speeds. Because there's, uh, you know additional drive or energy in them, right? Which, which which is there in all of these guys. And that's why the Indian Air Force also picks them up. You see it all around you, right? And as a result, it, it kinds of, uh, you know... And all my friends who, uh, who are unlike me, many of them are in the military, right? So I I, um, I think uh, in my final year in engineering is when I switched. Uh, before that, till that time, I was a go-lucky kind of guy, you know? I, was, I would just do about... A, that much what is required to success, you know, make it to the Get next Get away, step. yeah. yeah. <laughs> that, was, uh, that was my behavior and that was my attitude in life. That,
2: mm. you know,
1: okay. Everybody has their limits. Okay, mm-hmm. That's the first thing. But uh, if I am able to challenge my limits and break those limits and do, mm. you know, better within those limits, that's mm-hmm. for me success. You know, whatever you dream of, whatever you aspire for, you should... Meet your target, and you should beat that target. I think that's for right. successes. And and like mm-hmm. I said, it is different for everybody. I have a job, and I manage a big portfolio, right? And I manage a lot of people, and I right. manage a lot of revenue. But uh, all of that, I can. Do, I feel that I can do all my work better because I run.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay. And 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 I really feel very strongly about it and I feel like I told you running gives me a level of discipline running helps me to uh, you know de-stress you know from the work that I do and that helps me do my job better I think it is even more important now to continue to do that because like I said now the stresses are very different from what it was six months back because you know like all of us are Mm. constrained within our work within our home environments which have become our work environments so sure. your husband may be working in a different room. You are working in a different room. Right. You may have kids running around you, or yeah. in. A different, yeah. I don't know. But uh, essentially, what what it means is you have to balance. Uh, many many of us, for us, work was a way to, you know, focus on something apart from our. Right. Home. But it's no longer possible. It's it's all right. come to uh, into the same right. house, same area, the same vicinity. Mm. Your husband can possibly hear you talk now and. Uh, <laughs> Uh, and and he he probably knows a lot about me as well right now.
2: <laughs> <So>
1: <laughs> no <it's>, no. <laughs> <laughs> what I'm trying to i to I've locked get. them all up. <laughs> what I'm trying to get to. It's, it's it's now it, you know the, that dimension is gone where work was different and your home was different. It is now all in the same place. So it's even more important that we de-stress more because earlier you know. You could keep these two dimensions separate, but it's no longer possible. I would like to keep alive this energy. I think that's very important, right? There are times when you feel that, you know, uh, you get tired, you feel down. I think all of us go through that at, at mm. times in life, right? But it's all about how quickly you bounce back, right? And. Uh, in those times it is even more important that you have something apart from your work mm. to help you bounce back True. Right? and I want to keep that going and that's why in, learning is very important for me because that just helps me you know keep things in context keep keep things balanced in my life
0: great Ananda, thank you so much for your time
1: thank you Sunaina thank you for the lovely time and uh, this was a nice conversation Great. so Thanks. I wish you all the success and stay safe
0: yeah yes thank you